0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today we radiate compassion with my friend Angela Watson. It's so good to have you with me here. And I know you're you're not even in Kansas City right now. So we're doing this on zoom. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm
1: great, Christy. Thanks so much for having me today, and I'm glad we could finally make this happen. We with between our schedules and everything, it's it's nice to be able to finally have uh, have this work out. So it's wonderful to be here talking about compassion today. Oh yeah, yeah. Now,
0: um, you're. We're going to be talking about your website and your your business and everything. But um, you know, you and I are personal friends. Our daughters are friends. Our daughters went to school together, and um, you know, you had a you have a story behind your business that I didn't I didn't know, and you've had a lot of upheaval over the past couple of years. It's been intense. It has been. It so, has been. Mm-hmm. Um, Can
1: you tell us a bit about your story? Sure. Um, about four years ago, on Father's Day, actually in 2017, my sister and her husband died unexpectedly. And, um, they left four boys who are living at home and, um, my sister's husband's family, uh, it's from Honduras, his mother speaks Spanish and his, he has two sisters that don't live in town. And so the the whole process of losing them and then sort of the fallout and things that happen after a loss like that, uh, you know, take years and years to get through. I sort of, because I was a person in town, um, had to sort of pick up and take care of estates and kids and, 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 and all those things that come with it in parents that are grieving. Um, and that in that, when you're busy like that and uh, you, you don't really have time to do a lot of grieving, you, you sort of push that off and think that, you know, I, you have to be the person here to do those things and, and pick up the pieces and, and make everything work. And sometimes that delays your own grief and where you are. And, you know, so slowly through that process, I was able to, to, to grieve a little bit and then, I'm you know, the pandemic hit, uh, recently, you know, in the last year and a half. And it made me think a lot about my own grief process when people weren't being able to go to funerals. Uh, you can't, you couldn't be with people or loved ones when they were even passing. And, uh, it made me think a lot about my own grief, how we comfort people that are in grief or bereavement and, to think about the things that helped me through that process and um, what we could maybe do better. And so that's really what helped me to start or what what really inspired me to start my business is to try and think about how we comfort people who are really going through a difficult time, which is really what compassion is. I mean, compassion is that feeling where you recognize someone else's suffering And you want to do something to either mitigate or alleviate or help to get, you know, help them through that process. And um, so that's really what I've done with my business is try to think about the things that helped me through my own grief um, and to apply that sort of into a business that also used a model where. We think about everything uh, sort of through a lens of how can we do whatever it is we're doing while we do the most good, because I sort of feel like, um, I'm doing this for my sister and myself, um, right. and I named my business parting gifts, right. uh, because I feel like it was my sister's parting gift to me and, uh, mine to her. Um, and so that yeah, you and your sister were pretty close too. We're very close. We're very close. And um, this business really has, I mean, it really has been a gift in that um helping people through their own grief process has helped me tremendously.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, okay, so now we need to talk about what this business is. Sure, absolutely. Beautiful so um, lovely, I have to say. I love your website, I love the oh, gift. Thanks. I- just gorgeous. Yes. Tell us. Thank much. you so much. Well, I guess we'll go back a
1: few years. You know, whenever for the, about the last fifteen years, whenever somebody has passed away and I've had to go to a funeral, I always brought with me uh, an embroidered handkerchief with me, and I've given it to the person who's bereaved. And the reason I have is because I sort of feel like there are some moments in life that are not disposable moments. They they sort of hold more gravity and we we should be able to cherish those memories. And and I've always given those handkerchiefs and I've said, you know, some tears are meant to keep. And afterwards, people have, have sent me the most beautiful letters and said, you know, I, w- I would have never thought to bring a handkerchief, but I was really touched by that and thank you so much. And so I when my sister passed away, my very good friend who, whose, uh, funeral I brought her, her father's funeral, I brought a handkerchief to brought one to me and she said the same thing. And I've, I've actually still have that handkerchief. I carry it with me all the time. And it makes me feel like, uh, in some way, my sister is, you know, still with me when I, when I think about her and it's in my pocket. And so, Anyway, when I was thinking about the pandemic and how we grieve and what we could do differently that might be more meaningful or significant uh, to people, um, and I think there's a place for flowers and plants and wind chimes and all those beautiful things, um, but I wanted to do something that was just a little bit different. So I thought, well, what if I, what if I could have these handkerchiefs made and I could put them in something that would not only hold the handkerchief maybe from the funeral, but some memories or tokens or, uh, you know, something significant from the person's life that you want to put in the, in a box or something. So I had these handkerchiefs made, um, and a a wooden box that I call a a memory box, but it's got a dandelion engraved on the, um, on the, the lid of the box and the handkerchiefs have a dandelion as well. And there's some significant, um, symbology to dandelions, which is why they're on there. Um, And so we came up with this dandelion memory box and, you know, that's, we, we either sell them as just a handkerchief set or the memory box set. And it comes with a a sympathy card and sort of everything that you need to give a really meaningful and thoughtful sympathy gift. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the truth of the matter is a lot of people don't know what to say when somebody passes away. And so I really wanted to make something that, that speaks for you. It's sort of what to give when you don't know what to say.
0: It's absolutely lovely. One of uh, the Radiate Wellness team had someone, a fam- close family member, pass this summer, and we all collectively gave one of these as a gift. It was very well received. She yeah. appreciated it. And, you know, as we all just kind of touched this and and touched the handkerchief and the box and all of the cards that came with it, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful gift uh, hefty there's a nice weight to it and um, it's just the quality is wonderful but you've got an interesting story behind how these things are made and assembled that I think has to be told
1: oh thanks you know going back to this sort of we approach everything by trying to do the most good right is that I've I've tried to think about this as if I'm gonna make something I want to make it and do do good at the same time. If I'm going to assemble something, I want to assemble that in the most, you know, thoughtful way, uh, doing the most good that we can do and, and, and selling those things. What can we, what can we give back to people? So our handkerchiefs are actually made in Vietnam. They're embroidered by an entire village of women who um, I'm just delighted by it. They, you know, they, they can work either from home or they work in a collective and they bring their children to work and they, uh, I didn't know how these were actually made when I started this process, but they're they're actually a long, long bolt of fabric, um, and all of the, the dandelion prints are stamped on that fabric. And then the women sit in a circle with their embroider, embroidery hoops, and they embroider one at a time, each each dandelion on each handkerchief. And then, as they all finish, they sort of shift and go to the next one and, you know, I have photos of, you know, the babies laying on the handkerchiefs and the kids playing around. And it, it's just so beautiful to me that these are touched and, you know, handled with so much love. And the, the work, of course, is, it gives people meaningful work. It helps them be able to take care of their families um, in, in whatever way they choose. And so I'm just delighted by that. Um, And then we use vocational services in Kansas city for our assembly and shrink wrapping and that sort of thing. And for those people who aren't familiar with vocational services, um, they hire people with mental and physical physical disabilities to do the work there. Um, growing up. I had an uncle Ed. He actually passed away this last year of of COVID. Um, But when I was growing up, my uncle Ed who is 10 years older than me worked at a vocational services sheltered workshop And it was the best part of his day. He would go in there and he had friends and he had a girlfriend and he, he just, he just loved it. And, um, so when we were thinking about how we were going to, you know, have our services, our, our things shrink, wrapped and assembled, um, we found a vocational services place in North Kansas city. And I just love going in there. Um, you know the the people that work there are so full of joy, and they they want to give you hugs, and they can't right now because of COVID, which is frustrating for them and you. And they you want to know when you're coming back, and it just I find as much joy going there to pick up my products or talk to them as my uncle Ed did when he went to work there. So we really are trying to do good things in every phase along the way. So when when we when we have our things made and shrink wrapped, we're trying to give good jobs when. When people purchase the, a gift, they're giving a beautiful, thoughtful, compassionate gift to somebody. And at the end of the process, we give back to charities. So we're working with veterans charities and LGBTQ charities and, and things that empower women uh, and children. And then also um, we're working with uh, addiction services, which I think is important because of,
0: you know, my, sis-
1: my sister's story.
0: Well, tell, tell more about that.
1: Well, my sister and her husband passed away. Um, and not, not everybody knows this, or not, not very many people know this, but they passed away from an accidental over- overdose. Um, my sister had uh, lupus and some health problems, and um, years ago was prescribed uh, opiates and, and became addicted to those at one point. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't talk about this sort of thing because there's a lot of shame really, to be honest, um, surrounding a a death like this. And, you know, people don't know how to address it. I still, you know, don't know how, how exactly to address that, but I do know that my sister was a a really wonderful person, um, who raised four of her own boys and was raising somebody else's child and, and, uh, who had some addiction problems and, and passed away. Um, and, you know, because people have, and we all have sort of an issue issues in our lives, whatever they are, whether they, they, we live with them day to day or they ultimately kill us. We I don't, um, that doesn't make them any less of good people or, uh, or that sort of thing, but
0: someone's sister, someone's daughter, someone's, yeah, absolutely. And,
1: uh, you know, there was a tremendous void uh, in in all of our collective lives she touched she she was the most magnificent person she just Gosh. talk about radiate wellness she she had she was sort of this dual person she had this big wonderful vibrant personality and people just loved her and gravitate, gravitated towards her but she had another side where she was an empath and she felt deeply other people's pain and, and carried a lot of that with her. And I think did not know how to, um, address that. And I think sometimes that's what happens to people that have these addictions. They find that, that, uh, opiates or whatever it is takes not away the physical pain, but it also starts to, to helps to numb that, that emotional pain that they have and they carry. And, um, I think that's really what, what uh, she used those things for more than regular physical pain in the end um, was to to help get over that emotional pain of losses. She had, you know, her own losses of her best friend.
0: Oh my goodness. I mean, I know that the past several years have been marked by just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And it's been, it's been really hard. And I, I just, I do applaud your strength for, picking yourself up and creating something, not just good, but beneficial to so many people. I mean, and you, and I have to say you're not tooting your own horn, but you're paying (laughs) a living wage to these women in Vietnam. Right. Absolutely. We, we, you know, we are,
1: I'm, I'm not in the business to, you know, to, of course, everybody wants to make a profit and stay in business that's in business, but my, my real impetus for this is to do good and to help people along the way. I sort of feel like I'm doing this for myself and my, my sister. She had a lot of living left to do, and so I, I feel a bit of responsibility to do that for her, and she helped many, many, many countless people um, throughout her life that had the most wonderful things to say about her um, when she passed. And I sort of feel like um, I'm taking up a little bit of that mantle with this business, and it, and it has. It's been it's been a tremendous help for me personally to help me get through my own grief. My parents, my parents are they they suffered so much after after her death, and they they come into the warehouse every day, even when I'm not there. And every one of these boxes, they take out of the packaging, they polish them by hand, they look at them. So not only are these you know, the handkerchiefs you know, made by these, this lovely group of women in Vietnam. These boxes are, my parents polished them all. They're so, it's so beautiful and wonderful. And I get to spend time with them that I didn't, I haven't had for years because I was raising my sister's two kids and my own two kids and, you know, life gets busy and,
0: um,
1: it just, you know, you, you don't have the time that you used to have. And so I get to see them in a way that I, you know, hadn't for a long time. And it's just. It's just been such a gift.
0: That's, I mean, you know, how many times we sat at basketball games and soccer games and kids' yeah. events and talked and chatted. I knew so much of this, but every time I talk to you, Angela, I found find out a new layer of loveliness. <laughs> oh, thank project. you. Project. Um, I'm getting kind of reclumped here. And oh. you know, to know that your parents lovingly touch and polish each and every box, they're gorgeous yeah. boxes. Thank you. Um, Everyone's participating in this healing. They are, you know, I, I sort of think of
1: myself, uh, and my life and I don't know, maybe other people do this as well, but I sort of think of myself as, um, a, like a sun catcher or a prism, right? right. You know, if you You put a sun catcher in a window, it it really doesn't do anything on its own. It's really when other people's light comes in that it takes that light and refracts it sorry, and magnifies it and it turns it into something beautiful. And so I'm really fortunate to be surrounded by so many people that have filled my life with light. And, um, look, look, now I'm getting all choked up, but I, I get to be the person who turns that into something beautiful, which I'm ever so grateful for. I really am.
0: I know this takes a lot of resources, a lot of people hours, a lot of creativity, a lot of just grit and hard work to launch a business. You've been working on it for a while. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. And I know you've got a really special story with how, you know, that your sister has, has Oh, I do. You know, love this story. (laughs) I have, I have,
1: I've been working on this for a long, uh, for a while. And again, I'm lucky to be surrounded by so many great friends um, that have helped me given me ideas, filled me with light and helped me magnify that into something greater Um, but, uh, you know, actually it's funny that I'm sitting here while we're talking about this because right outside the window, for those of you who can, who are watching, um, there's a bird feeder. I love to watch the birds here because in Parsons, there's so many beautiful birds, but I was watching this show one day on Netflix. I think it was, and I think it's called surviving death. And, and it, it's really this, um, series about, you know, um, life after death or, you know, that sort of experiences. But, um, one episode in particular struck me and it was a woman, uh, out of the Netherlands, I believe, and she's a medium and she was talking about, you know, we, we don't really need a medium or somebody to talk to somebody who's passed on that. They're always there. What you, what you need to do is ask for something specific or a sign and, and really just sort of be patient and wait for that. And I thought, Okay, Melissa, you know, I, it's been 3 years and I I have, you know, asked, to, you know, I've looked for a sign, I've waited for whatever. If you're really there, I said I, I want to see a bluebird in winter because it was it was winter time and there and there's no bluebirds here in the winter time and I thought I want that specific and that that's what I want. And a couple of days passed and I didn't see anything. And, and I went home on my, my commute from Parsons to Kansas city and is about two and a half hours. And so on that drive, I was listening to a CD that my friend had sent me in the mail, my very best friend. Um, and was Howard Jones, um, live at cyan, I think is what it was. And, um, she knows that I love Howard Jones and she sent me this CD and I thought, well, who sends CDs anymore? You know, people just but but she did she sent me the cd and so i put it in and i'm listening to it and then i hear the words just like this that bluebird i'm free and i i i was stunned so i i rewound it which i guess you can do with cds you know and you can't do with your other you know so i when you're listening to the radio so maybe that was the reason i got the cd so anyway i i push rewind and uh back or whatever it is and um I listened to the whole beginning of the song and, and it, it was, if my sister was in the room speaking to me, uh, telling me exactly what happened, you know, it, it said, um, you know, I it talked about, I was so high my head whirled, and dropped my cell phone down the loop. My sister died in the bathroom and um, it, it, and the song went on to say, you know, I'm, you know, a look at, look up here. I'm in heaven. I mean, it just, and then it, and it said, just like that bluebird, I'm free. And it just kept going through that refrain. And when I looked back at the name of the song, it was called Lazarus, which again stopped me. And then to have that story just explained to me so clearly, like, like if she was just sitting in the room telling me, and then the very next song was his uh, Howard Jones's, song called new song and it says i've been waiting for so long to come here now and sing this song Oh, and it's like she was just saying to me i've been waiting for you i've been just i've just been waiting for you to say you know to ask and here i you know and so it filled me with the most tremendous peace and i have to tell you i'm not before this i i wasn't the most uh you know, I'm sort of a spiritual person, but not, you know, I, I'm a, I've worked in science for a long time. You know, I, I just, I wasn't quite sure how I felt about those experiences. But if she, if I had seen her in a vision, it, it, it wouldn't have been more clear. I'm absolutely convinced it was her. And I don't think there's anything anybody could do to tell me otherwise. And I also have to say, it filled me with the most tremendous peace Um. Yeah. Most of us have some fear of death, I think, um, which is why we have such a hard time talking about grief uh, um, and consoling people because we we don't know what to say. Um, but I don't I don't have that anymore. It's just it just it's just like evaporated. I think it's Ram Dass who says we're all just walking each other home, and some of us make it home before other people do. But when you think about it. There's not really anything to fear about being at home.
0: There's not. You know? And compassion literally means with passion. Yeah. You know, passion being emotion. Passion being strong emotion. With passion. Compassion. And I actually pulled up the Howard, those lyrics. It was a David Bowie song that I'm sure he covered. Yeah. He, he wrote it right not long before he died, I think. Right. Um, it says, look look up here, I'm in heaven. I've got star, mm-hmm. scars that can't be seen. I've got drama, can't be stolen. Everybody knows me now. Look up here, man, I'm in danger. I've got nothing left to lose. I'm so high, it makes my brain whirl. Dropping my cell phone down below. Ain't that just like me? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I mean, it, I just, you know, I still, I still get goosebumps when I, when I hear those words. So I, and then after that experience, I, I have to say, I just sort of you know, her name meant uh, her name was Melissa Dawn, which meant uh, wow. honeybee to dark strangers, actually, which is interesting because her husband was from Honduras and he was a little darker. And so uh, I, you know, I just sort of see her. She's just so, you know, a little bee I, I feel
0: out in the world sometimes. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive, holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate You, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our guest. Well, that's, that is so true of our loved ones, and you're right, um, you we don't need anything special we don't need an intermediary to know that they're no. around all we just have to do is think of them and pay attention Pay attention yeah to what's showing up i i've come to feel that the you know
1: the space between here and there is is you know infinitesimal it's it's the same thing
0: it is yeah i, I I do believe that they are around us all the time, and just like X rays or gamma rays or uh, microwaves or infrared, is we can't see them with the equipment that we have. We need, you know, for nighttime we need infrared or night uh, night vision goggles, but just don't have the perceptors to perceive them. And yeah, I think so.
1: But then once you once you finally get there, I think that you. You you can start noticing. You know, I I developed a meditation practice um, yeah. as part of the my grieving process and and to get through. And I have to say, it made meditation will change your life. It has changed mine and it, it helps me um, sort of transcend those 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 waves of grief sometimes that come and to get through those. But it also allows me to 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 go back to those happy memories. And relive them again, you know, to, to see the moment and feel the moment and the joy or the sorrow or whatever it is. And, you know, with grief, there's like so many things. There's, there's, no, there's no under, over, around. There's only through. And um, you can delay going through. And some people don't ever get through. But um, the cure for the pain is the pain. And we have to feel it. And, um, when we do though, and we get to the other side, then we can, we can find something really beautiful in it. And that's what I've found in this, this business, something really beautiful. You know, i we put on our website, the ability for us to, um, somebody can put a message in the, in the sympathy card or whatever. And, and we will put that in them for them and, and send the package out to whoever they're sending, if they're sending it to somebody that they love. And, I have to tell you that is, of all the things, this is, it, it's been the most tremendous gift. It, five years of therapy rolled up in reading the things that other people write to people when they're trying to be, you know, compassionate and show how much they care. And I've read poetry I've never read. And, and uh, it's just, it's just humanity at, at its best. All of, all of the noise and the clutter of the politics and the this and that, it's all gone. It's just people comforting other people. And it's so beautiful to see. It's, I mean, really, it's such a gift It's and a privilege to be able to be that person for other people that can help, help this. But, but um, I just feel so fortunate. I really do.
0: I think you really are. I have to say that you've created your own fortune. You've taken this energy, you've taken this grief, and you've decided to put to put it to use. And Not everybody does that.
1: Well, it's it's taken some time, and it definitely has. And and like I've said, so you know, I, I'm so lucky to be surrounded by really amazing friends. I have these, I have a couple of groups of friends, I have a group of friends that are my friends from high school um, that we, you know, meet once every couple of months and then, uh, another group of friends from the Navy. And, um, you know, they, they, the group of friends from high school are the group of friends that I've sort of talked about that have like given me feedback on this box or what they've, they've, you know, done to get through their own grief. And they, you know, they helped me in one way. And, and, and that group is a really desperate group of friends. Like we, we don't have nearly as much in common as we used to some of us you know politically are wildly on different sides but we still find this common space and then i have this group of friends that i was in the navy with or met through the navy and um were much more alike and um and they they are the ones who said you know maybe you should think of a, a dandelion and, and read up about this the symbol of symbology of the dandelion or Um, my good friend gave me the, the, the name parting grief or parting gifts. And, um, so I have this theory about friends or relationships in general, that we all need two kinds of people in our lives, either tuning forks or the yin to your yang, right? So your partner or who, the people you have in your life really need to be in two groups. And Either you're tuning forks and they're the people that vibrate at the same frequency as you do, and, and you're bigger and better and louder together, right? Because they get you, because they are you. Or they're, they're the opposite of you, and you're better together because the other people have the things that you lack, and, and, and together you, you're sort of more of a whole And my high school group is sort of the yin to my yang. And my, my Navy friends are, are my tuning forks and they just get me. And, um, I don't think either group could be both, you know, you have to, you know, no, you can't expect everybody to be everything to you, but if you have both of those groups of people in your life, then you're really fortunate. And, uh, you know, they just make your life richer in so many ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have to agree. You are very, very fortunate in that and truly blessed. You know, I want to circle back to something you mentioned and that I was going to ask you about anyway, the symbology of the dandelion. So I know yeah. what it means to me. Sure. For you?
1: Well, you know, as it's funny that you say that, um, I, I brought my little dandelion card here cause I don't always remember, but, um, the reason we put dandelions on the box is, um, because dandelions are, um, you know, they're, they're, rich in symbology. They've been used in bridal bouquets to give, you know, as good luck to brides. And, you know, most people, you know, you think about wishing on a dandelion and blowing the seeds because they're, they're thought to bring your thoughts and affections to people that you love, even the people that have passed on. And of course, they also symbolize sort of the light, our, our passing of life. You know, we start off with these yellow, yellow, golden globes and, And we turn into this big fluffy sort of ball and then eventually our seeds blow off to the stars and and become something else. And and so they really symbolize what the the transition of our human life from from infancy through our passage to whatever else comes beyond this life. Um, And then the thing that I love about dandelions, and some people probably hate—I think our 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 yard person hates—is that, man, they're tough, right? A dandelion can grow in almost any soil. Uh, If it can find a crack, a dandelion can grow there, Mm -hmm. and that speaks to the resilience of human life. I think, right? Where you know a dandelion is resilient, and and we're all really resilient if we let ourselves be.
0: Oh, absolutely. I love, I love that. I love that. Uh, it's beautiful symbology that, you know, yes, we're, we're young and vibrant golden and then we disperse and yeah. universe and create more like ourselves. Right. Yeah. It just, the,
1: it just keeps, it's sort of this gift that gives back, you know? And so when I, when I walk by the dandelions in the yard, now I see, I see them, uh, the beauty in them, you know, um, um and I always make a wish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's a, a reason why, um, you know, they come out in the spring is that, you know, after a long winter, we need to kind of detoxify our, our bodies and get back in the swing of, of eating fresh foods and etc. And dandelion um, essence, um, enzymes are very beneficial for us oh, yes. during the springtime. So it's a really beneficial plant that we take for granted in some ways. Yeah.
1: Well, so, I mean, I think that that's that speaks to life, doesn't it? You know, we all, after a, a long winter, um, that's when new life comes, and and grief is a lot like that. You, it's it's a winter of sorts. You know, it's a season in our life where we're going through something that's really hard, and we're being pruned back, you know, to our core but then if you if you let yourself you don't have to stay in that season you know if you let yourself transfer through it um the spring always comes you know mm-hmm. it always comes back
0: and grief is it's a season it's something that will come around it, there's no end to it necessarily there's um times when it's present and times when it's less present Absolutely. I mean,
1: it's like waves. I think I I often think of it as like waves. You know, you sometimes you're you're at the shore and the waves are high and they knock you down and they take you under, and other times they're just you know lightly lapping at your ankles, but they're there. And um, you know, coming back to the box, the the dandelion box. I made the first one for my you know sister, and I have her things in that box. I've got her bright red lipstick and her, her rosary and you know other things of hers in there. And, um, when I need to feel that and, and be there with her and commune with her, I don't have to go to the cemetery or, or, you know, or anywhere else. I pull out the box and I, I look at her things and I, and I, I speak to her in whatever I weigh, I do. And then it's a, it's a place for me to store that grief. Yeah. You know, I don't have to carry it around all the time. I can put it back in the box and put it, you know, back on the shelf in my office. And I, and I can, I can commune with that when I need to. And that's what I think is so beautiful about that box. You know, it's coming back to the flowers and the, and the other things that we give when, right. when somebody passes away, they're all meaningful and beautiful things. And I, I don't get me wrong. I love flowers, but when the flowers have faded and, and the casserole stopped coming, um, you know, the box is there and it's there for you to, to heal with, you know, you can put whatever you, what, whatever you want in it. And I also love that it, it's a sort of a gift for the people who give it as well. I have a good friend whom I love who gave one of these boxes to uh, his sister-in-law and um, for him, it was really more of a, a grieving process for him. He got to look through things that were memories of his brother, um, and put things in that box and, um, and remember them and, you know, um, and memories. And, and then he gave it to his sister-in-law. So when you fill that box with pictures or a story about a, a memory that you have of someone you cherish or whatever, and you give that to someone else, you not only are giving the person who's grieving a gift, you're giving yourself the gift of, of thinking about those things and moving through that loss as well, which I think is especially beautiful.
0: Right. Because whenever we do reminisce, when we go over the pictures and think about our loved ones and pull up these fond memories, they're right there. They're around us. Oh, yeah. Every, doing all of that just brings them up front, uh, close and personal. Right. I wanted to say the entire time you've been talking about that with your sister, she's been dancing around the back of you making goofy faces. and. <laughs>
1: well that sounds about right with melissa Uh,
0: (laughs) she's been trying to distract you um but yeah whenever we pull out the memories and the pictures and we reminisce they they can't miss a party that just oh yeah
1: that that is exactly my sister she was always the life of really always the life of the party with her big red flowers in her hair and you know she, she was just she was just a stunning person.
0: Oh wow, I can just see the love there. That's amazing. Thank you. And so if somebody wants to find out more about parting gifts, where do they find you?
1: Absolutely. They can find us at partinggiftsco.com or um at awatson at partinggiftsco.com. Um we also have a Facebook page which is partinggiftsco, co. Um and uh Gosh, they can look us up on the internet. We're we're all around, so we'd be happy to to get in touch with uh, anybody that's interested.
0: Of course, and we'll put all those links in the show notes, so Thanks. they're easy to find. Um, is there anything else that you think is important to mention that we haven't talked about or haven't brought up?
1: Oh gosh. I don't know. You could go on forever when you talk about, uh, you know, bereavement and and grief and the things that people go through. Um, I'm just happy to be part of the process that is hoping to bring, um, you know, people comfort and peace in their time of grief. And, and we're certainly here for anybody that has questions or wants to reach out, but, Um, I'm so grateful for what you're doing and your work and the people that you have on your show. You had on Shelly Knight not long ago, who was wonderful and talked about grief and uh, loved what she had to say about how um, grief is not just about bereavement, which is when you lose a person, but it's about the process that you go through when you lose anything significant in your life. And to be honest, we've all gone through so much with the the pandemic, and there have been so many losses on so many and on so many different levels, right? People, if kids can't go, didn't go to proms, and they've missed graduations, and you know we we haven't spent time with loved ones. That it, it's um, it's okay to grieve. That's the other thing about the, our handkerchiefs. I did want to mention that um, sometimes you have to give people permission to grieve, and um, giving somebody a handkerchief in my opinion, is saying, I'm okay with your discomfort. I can sit here and hold space with you. Um, that's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do to, to learn how to just hold space with somebody, not feel like you have to solve a problem or fix anything, just to, just to be there with someone. So I, I, w- I would like to say that, um, you know, so many people don't, Uh, say anything when somebody loses someone because they don't know what to say. I think the fact that you take the time to say anything at all or to be there for someone, no matter, you know, if you get right what you want to say or not, it it speaks to the fact that you care. So I don't be afraid to reach out, spend the time with someone. um, Just be there, just be there because people say things like, you know, call me if you need me or whatever from experience that person isn't going to call you you know they just don't feel like they can so just show up with a casserole and a shoulder or, or, or go for a walk or whatever it is um, that's really all they need
0: Wow, oh, that's beautiful i absolutely love it thank you so much angela for sharing your story
1: thank you for having me i'm i'm so honored to be on your podcast today and i i love the show and all of the great people that you have on it so i'm really feel fortunate to be among them thank you thank you